I all I take a breath and all of a sudden I transport back to 20 years ago that moment that I was there I realize that everything that I had done in my life in those 20 years was just a dream and then I die boom Welcome to Elements of Styles, the business podcast that trades in scarce thinking for community, conversation, and ideas in abundance. Each week, I, Mark Styles, sit with professionals and entrepreneurs, both local and global, and learn how they each add value to their communities, their partners, and their teams. Please enjoy. Hey, folks, welcome back to Elements of Styles. Today, I am grateful to have, once again, attorney Gary Bloom. Gary is an attorney out in the West Coast, and if you remember, he was on episode 53 of this here podcast. Hey, Gary, welcome back to the show, man. Good morning. It's always good to hear from you. <laughs> hey, what is it all about? Well, isn't that the question? That um, is. What do you think? You know, I, I've put a lot of thought into what it is all about recently, uh, well, over the last few years. And um, I've come down to two very distinct things. And this is one of the things that I am working to put into my kids' heads. And that it's about two things, experiences and memories. And that's really it. You know, yes, you're going to need money to fulfill certain needs you're going to need money to get some of those obtain some of those nice experiences but to chase money it's going to simply elude you chase the experiences i think you're right um the thing that um this goes back to the beat generation have you ever heard that phrase oh yeah and those writers in the in the they were in the fifties and got started. They were the beatniks originally, that then morphed into becoming the hippies, and then the hippies kind of disappeared into anachronistic hell or whatever, and they morphed into the yuppies, and then you have the advanced group now with the millennials. And the, one of the common traits that that all those people had was. A focus on you. So it's all about you. Everything is you. And we've set an entire world up to, to feed that desire. I'm at a point now where I can sit in Phoenix, Arizona, and I can think of anything I want. And I notice that cool sign you've got behind it says library. Mm -hmm. I could find that on the internet and buy it and have it delivered to me in 24 hours. That is unbelievable. The, that whole process, how it happens. The cell phone is, is a miracle in and of itself. But um, is it good? Right. And, and is it, should, should, well, and I was thinking about it recently because it was an article that I saw about genetic medicine. The ability now to tailor medicine, and th this is life-changing, literally. And I hate using that word. But to now get down and go, well, here's the here's the the version of the medicine that will be most effective for you. And since I've had all these medical treatments and stuff lately, lately, I mean, for the last 20, 25 years, um, and to improve that process. And they're talking casually now about, well, we can extend your life to 120. Mm -hmm. Wow, 120? Now, and that, that also begs the question, do you really want that much longevity? I mean, because we, we don't seem to have the, the intellect or the, um, the core belief system to manage that. I mean, shouldn't we have an ability of assisted suicide? Shouldn't we, you know, because there's a, there's a downside to that. Gee, you want to live forever? Eh, I don't know. I would bet after a billion years or so, it would get pretty boring. I mean, it, there needs to, the whole point of humanity, in a sense, is that there's an end. And that's why you ask that question, what's the point? If, if I lived for 300 years, the definition or the answer to the question of what's the point 
it's really a different answer. Mm. And I, well, as I woke up this morning, right, my Achilles tendon was killing me. I have no idea how it happened, but it just hurts, right? I don't want to do that. Uh, it would be nice to um, live uh, pain-free, but that's eh, kind of not part of the deal, you know, the, the way it seems to work out. But what do you do with that? And I think your um, thinking is, is you're right. It, it's all experiential completely because there's my grandmother was a beautiful woman, kind, and generous, and was somebody truly that, that's worthy of admiration. And she dies. She's completely forgotten now. I mean, it's two generations away from, from her dying and, it, and she's gone. And that happens even to Aristotle and Socrates, and they're gone, right? The only thing that's ever left is something written or something that's like that. But is that really your goal? Because, well, and it, again, this goes back to whatever you believe, um, because there's a core that exists with that question, what's the point? And it kind of is, what do you believe? What, what, are, you, what are you going to accept as your reality? Because one of the one of the duties I thought in asking that question was as a human to ex that you should explore that because if you don't it, I, I don't know how you could continue on I mean at some point you have to ask that because it really isn't back to your point it's not about making rubles and shekels and collecting them and keeping them in a box because my experience and my practice and the clients that I have is the only question your kids have is, is when can I get the check? You know, I'm going to, yeah, I know that library sign that dad had was really important to him and stuff, but it's a library sign. Right. We're done that thing. I don't think we can, we're, we're probably going to pay somebody to get rid of it. So now they're pissed at you. <laughs> so what do you do? So where's my check? You know, you bring up an interesting um, point, though, with assisted suicide. You know, I thought about that recently because we put our dog down very peacefully. Oh, man. You it know, tough. it's brutal, brutal. But is there a more compassionate thing to do for a dying species than to walk in, pet it, hug it? love it, give it a little bit of chocolate and an injection and off to sleep they go. You know, there's so many more awful ways to die that, you know, why aren't we doing that more with our human brothers and sisters? I, I agree completely. Um, I think there's a lot of religious underpinnings that are there too, that you've got to deal with. Most of the major religions on the planet are really against it and that's, that's hard to overcome because if you if you accept that doctrine um you're going to hell and everything they say about hell is it's pretty bad right so, and, and so your alternative is well gee maybe i can just suffer for another 10 15 years here and then i can duck going to hell i i don't know that that's a but that's your that's the other thing about it in, in in the version of what's the point in my world, or at least what I think about, it's self-determination. You should be able to have that choice. And that choice that exists, exists whether it's abortion, whether it's suicide, because these are very, very personal things that I don't know that I need somebody to tell me. And that was the thing that I always had a tough time with on religions you're going to tell me what to think? I, I don't know. I don't like that. I uh, never really did. And you need to make the choice. I would rather live with a bad result of a decision that I made than a good result where somebody forced it upon me and told me what to do. Right. Freedom of choice, right? Complete. And it, it should be. And it, um, it it's... It's so important that we don't really appreciate it. And you, a lot of the things that are going on in politics and the discussions now of 
of, of what we're doing um, seem to be, I don't think that they realize how lucky they are. I mean, if you're standing in in Russia right now, in China, in in most of the Middle East somewhere, and you're doing anything remotely like what we do as a routine basis, they kill you. Right. And it's it's really the power of that idea and the power of that ability. Um, and I think we're losing. I mean, the arrogant idea that we had that representative democracy is a model that fits for everybody. That was the flawed belief really because it doesn't look at the chaos that we've descended into and we're supposed to be like one of the big models of it probably the best democratic thing is in india i mean and they have thousands of languages and societies and people and all kinds of different things and yet they're kind of making it work but that's and i don't want to get lost on india oh boy um well, anyhow, back to to what's the uh, what's the point? Um, well, let's talk about we, where we left off uh, last time in episode fifty three. You were telling us a story about when you had a heart attack at Whistler. Yes, you were gonna go back to that mountain, and I think you went back since yes, we I did. Let's talk about it. Well, it, it number one, it took a while. I mean, it was COVID and, and it was it was difficult in Canada um, was locked down and they were they were serious about it. Oh, yeah. This is March of of this year. That was just March. Isn't that when I went? March? You remember what? Uh, yeah. Let's assume it was. Hey, we're yeah. just on a story at the end of the day. And um I had to have four tests to get in and out. You had you wore a mask. A hundred percent of the time where whenever you're out, out of your, out of your house, you had to have a mask on, which I've, we never had that in Arizona. I mean, well, Arizona. <laughs> yeah. We don't think like that. I'm not going to wear a mask. Kill me. I don't give a shit. Really? Okay. <laughs> That's how Arizonians think. Oh, completely. It's, um, yeah, it's it's a contrarian, outlying state, and um, the general attitude of most of the rural West is, I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. I don't even care if it's good for me. You know, it's just this, it's, it's the way you used to think when you were about five. So uh, we, we live, well, anyhow, back to, to Canada. Um, so we got up there, and the, it's a group of guys that I worked with a long time. It was uh, before Sledge. You know, I was uh, with G General Electric. So these guys were all GE. We, we were recruited together at the same time. We were the same class that came into the, they had this management training thing that they do. And basically, the person that they sought out was like me where you've got these, everyone's an engineer and everyone's uh, whatever, but the, I like all these guys. It's like, wow, you guys are kind of crazy as I am. This is good. So we started hanging around, get up there. And you're right. Uh, 20 years ago, I had the heart attack. And um, I truly believed 20 years ago that I'd be dead within five years. And if you think that, it kind of focuses your thinking, where it's like, all of a sudden, everything has an urgency. And yet, nothing has an urgency, because the inevitability of it is, is what you roll over in your head. No one gets out of this alive, no matter who you are, right. or how great you are, or how much money you got. And at some time, in my thinking, you should think about that or at least reconcile what it is that you want. Anyhow, so after about five years of all my friends hearing this, they're, Jesus, that's enough. Die already. <laughs> what are you, I'm tired of hearing it. So I figured I better quit doing that. And that's where the gratitude ideas started coming in. Because of what I found in what's the point is out of most of the things that the people that were, were uh, I don't want to say serious about it, but the people that had thought about it the most, that's what it 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 almost always 
came down to the gratitude that they had for for being alive and for what and and man i'm looking at you and me we have been so lucky it's unbelievable right imagine if you if you came into existence on the niger delta somewhere you you're starving you've got to worry about malaria i mean man you could have been handed a, a horrible genetic hand and yet by the by whatever it is that's going on you ended up in massachusetts a cool lawyer doing good things are okay beautiful family how, how that how you got that woman to marry you we're still talking about it <laughs> man what a lucky break but so we go back up there and I was, I, I, I was worried about it, you know, that I, I, and it's one of those things. And I find myself doing this a lot in my life where you're in a situation where you're going, gee, I didn't really think this through, did oh, I? Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's another one of those where you're going, well, now, wait a minute, let me see. You're going up to Canada to go confront the gods and tell them that you're sorry for being what you are. And what if they do kill you? I mean, what if they are pissed about it? Or what if there even is the God up there? And he's got, I got this lightning bolt, brother. Yeah, get on that tram. No problem. And so we did that. And well, the other the, the other part of it was. Remember, I haven't skied in 20 years. So that was the last time you actually skied also? Yes. Well, I, I skied the following year to curse and, and be angry. We went to Sun Valley to, to do that. And I did that. And that was it. That was the last time ever. And now all of a sudden, it's like, oh, gee. Well, what I was hoping was in 20 years, the technology's gotten better. Oh the yeah, skis, the skis now are a lot easier to handle than the than the sticks I was trying to ride around on twenty years ago. But then my skill set is I don't have any anymore. So going well, will I even remember how this all works? But we get to the top of the mountain. And there were eight of us total that were in the group. Well, I'm sorry, there were seven of us. One of the guys in the group um, got prostate cancer, or not prostate. It's the bad pancreatic. Oh. And in a miracle where they kind of, you know, they, and, and it's, it's a death sentence completely. Yeah. He's still alive. He got it operated on. He found a guy to do it. I mean, it's a long story on how he did that, but he's alive. Now there are a few complications, but he's beyond where they predicted now. So we feel very lucky about that. And that morphs into the the bottle and the letter thing. Did I tell you about that? No. Okay, well, remind me of that in a minute, because I'll, I'll get you. I, I lived through the Whistler thing, by the way. I'm getting to the end. That's the end, you know, the end. Of That's the, the end of the story. You get all the way up there and you, you, you say, I'm sorry. And they accept well, kind of, I, um, Whistler's a really big mountain. I don't know if you've been up there. Before. I haven't. And it's really two mountains. There's Whistler on one side and Blackcomb on the other. And I was on the Whistler side at the time that I had the, the, the blockage and the heart attack and all that stuff. And I'd ended up on the wrong side of the mountain to get to the village. So I, I went back and I did exactly the same route. And in fact, I wore the same jacket, the same hat, the same... I had everything the same as 20 years ago that I had. It's amazing. It fits. But um, so I, I got all this on and I went in, rented the skis and, and I forgot how, and this is an old man talking. I forgot how much work it is to ski. Oh yeah. Cause you got all the stuff you have to do by the time you get to the mountain, man, I'm tired. Because <laughs> What's this a lot of work? Well, it's like hockey. I remember when the boys were doing hockey. Oh my God, you got to get up at dawn because you couldn't get any ice time out here. We live in a desert. I'm saying, that's playing hockey for. Oh, yeah, I want to play. Okay, no problem. Well, it's the same deal, right? So I get all that and I get up there and they filmed it. They they took a, a video of it too. 
so it's what did they call it um gary's gary makes amends tour or something like that it's yeah it was i it it was very touching really so i get to the top of uh, because there there's one main gondola type thing that goes up and i'm there get on top of the hill and get off and, and go off by myself and i started crying Wait, I'm sorry, because um, it was it it was very um, difficult to do because um, I I truly was sorry for that, and it's not easy to um, to to talk about that when you're when you're trying to do it, but. And it, it took a while, but I did apologize and felt out. And you're apologizing for swearing off the mountains and blaming them. And the spirits. I, I thought that um, I had uh, made a mistake, was stupid and arrogant, and... Um, didn't appreciate what had really happened where what had happened was it's as if a large hand came out of the sky and flicked me on the back of the head and said wake up what the hell are you doing and and rather than looking at that as as a bad thing and being angry about it you should have embraced it. Wow, what it's it's like you're seeing the beyond, really. Right. And and not a lot of people come back from that. And so that that started to eat at me that as time was going on and I'm asking the questions about what's the point, I realized that you've you've got to analyze yourself too i mean it's um i had kind of viewed life as as a form of entertainment that i got a chuckle out of and everything was funny or it was designed to entertain me good stuff and bad stuff because that was the core belief back to the hippies and the advent of the beat generation and the writers that i was reading at the time i accepted what their belief system was which which was an experiential belief system try everything experience everything feel everything that's there good and bad you know it's it's not always going to be a, a cakewalk it's it's sometimes it's going to be difficult embrace that Every, everyone gets that hand personally i believe that each person has the same amount of good and bad that's thrown at them. It just depends on how you look at it. Mm. And the, and where it, um, well, see, I got to stay, I got to, the problem is I'm scatterbrained. Let's stay on. We're in Canada. We're (laughs) still up on the mountain. I finally started going down and we, we went on, on the path that I went on. I had to get to the other side of the mountain so I could get on that gondola because that's, and and what happened was I was coming up the gondola uh, by myself because it was late in the day, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I passed out on the gondola. So there's me there sleeping, you know, on, on the benches. You know how they have the, each of the benches on each yeah. side. Thing. And the guy, the attendant, when I get to the top, comes in and he shakes me because you can't sleep here get, you know get the hell up man go so i go down the mountain made it back to phoenix they saved my life and it all worked out however what i was thinking in my mind at that time when i now and now i'm there 20 years later yeah i'm at the same place i got to the top of where that gondola was and i'm looking at it and thinking about it and i decided that what i needed to do was I got to do this myself. I so you got this. The other seven guys, six guys, seven. See, I can't remember whether Dozer was with us or not. But 
they went into the because there's a, a lodge that's up there that you can go have a beer at they went in and did that and i went down and up on that same gondola again now what was in my head was perhaps what's going to happen is i get to the top i step out of the gondola which by the way on the actual second trip i went by myself too because i started out at the top and then when i got to the bottom i said look i'm don't worry uh, i don't want anyone in let me just keep riding or yeah. whatever and he just no problem as if it was he was expecting that i would be there it was kind of a creepy feeling you know but i get on to it and um my thinking was i'm going to get to the top i take the first step out of the gondola i i all i take a breath and all of a sudden i transport back to 20 years ago that moment that I was there, I realized that everything that I had done in my life in those 20 years was just a dream. And then I died. Boom. So with that rolling over in your head, you're going, oh, geez. So I, and I go down to the bottom. And what I decided to do was I took a picture of me in the gondola, you know, with the just the regular cell, the, you're set with a cell phone, right? And the picture came out blurry. Huh. Did it again, and it was blurry again. Oh, boy. And I'm not, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, because I didn't do anything other than what I normally do, and I've never had a, a, a picture like that that will come out. So I thought, man, well, okay, send this off. So I immediately send the picture off to the knuckleheads that are up in the, in the lodge because I, I thought well what if i do actually get out of the gondola and drop over dead you know i because after a while whether it really i do transport in time or not if if i really think that maybe it'll happen so i i, I the first thing i said was well quit thinking about it yeah think positive there god we're going to get out we're going to go have a beer with the guys what the hell what are you worried about that for but that's a thought that's hard to shake so I get up, go out, and I didn't die. So it all worked out. Now, now I felt great. It's, it's like the, there's this weight that's off of me because I had to, after when I thought of the idea to go do it, I had to wait a year because of COVID. So it just rolls over in your head all the time. Because the way I like to do things is if I make a decision to do it, I want to go do it now. Right. I, I don't want to think about it for three years and then go do it. I want to let's do it. So did that, made it, and it all worked out okay. I then I go back, and what I did was I cooked the same death dinner that I had 20 years ago. And it was pesto lasagna with Italian sausage. So mm. you want to have a Gary death dinner, that's what you cook. Sounds delicious. It, it all worked out well, though. So, um, it was, I felt great about doing it. Um, I think I'll you going to throw it in the Christmas letter this year. I hope so. Which, I hope so. Well, so you, know, you know the story. So, yeah, but I'll still read it. So, did, have you spoken to anybody else since then about uh, what's the point? And yes. More lightning. Yep, I stepped it up. Good. Um, because the realization is, you know, it's one of those things, the closer you get to the end, the faster it comes, kind of a kind of a thing. And once you realize that, um, all of a sudden, every day has meaning, every and, and the, the activities and the things that you do. Um, well, well, back to the guys. The, I'll, I'll tell you quickly the bottle and the letter story. Yes, please. The idea that I had was um, we... Um, there are different groups of people that I have befriended over the years. It's a core of grade school and high school types, college people that I hung with, work people, current people, you. I mean, it's been an expansive opportunity to talk to a lot of and, and uh, what I smart people. I mean, I, I truly enjoy talking to somebody that knows something it's 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 uh it's hopeful 
And there are so many voices now that are are stupid. Yeah. It, it's sad to see. I, I never thought it would be this way. Um, and I, I just, I don't know what to, to say about all of that. Um, I hope it works out for us, but... <laughs> Boy, you know, we we just seem to be going in the wrong direction here. It's it's a wild, wild pendulum swinging back and forth. Well, it is, and and I, wow, it, it just seems like we are squandering an opportunity um, for happiness. I mm -hmm. mean, for happiness, and we immediately jump to anger and contention, no matter what. Well, so anyhow, the letter is about um, the, that group of us. Um, that have known each other for 40, 50 years, kind of a time frame, which is rare in and of itself mm. to connect with on a regular basis, um, a group of people that you care about. And the idea is that everybody that's in the group uh, writes a letter to the group and they provide one bottle of liquor of their choice, whatever it is that you think uh, well, it's all about you. I mean, it's your letter and it's your bottle. If you want to provide uh, shitty liquor, okay, it doesn't really matter. And what we do is, is then the first person to die, and none of us are dead yet, at that person's funeral, you read his letter and you drink his bottle. And when you're done, you burn the letter and it's never discussed again. And you do that until the last guy standing. Now, the last guy standing, that's the most interesting person to me. Because one, your never your letter will never be heard. Mm. There's some sadness with that because your message, and what if the message is, gee, I'm really sorry I slept with your wife. I mean, right. And you didn't get a chance to say that. Boy, that would That'd be tough. And you got to drink a whole bottle by yourself. Mm. Now it's doable, you know, but it's, uh, you know, the wife, well, the wife's always going to outlive us. I mean, so at least she's going to have to carry you home, <laughs> but um, you're the lot. You're still alive. I mean, that's the good news, right? So you, you got the good news and the bad news. And I, the reason that I have the letters is um they they uh, and we all agreed it was the year you know a year or two after the heart attack that man there's there's no way you're not going to be the first one to go and i, and I agree right <laughs> you know you have a heart attack in your 40s that's not a good sign that's <laughs> like whoa yeah you're, you're gonna have to change something you're doing here uh gary or we're gonna have to check your ass out so um I've got all the letters. They're all set. And do that with a group of your friends. It'll, um, it didn't have much meaning 20 years ago when we started doing it or some, I don't know how long it's been, but I've had these letters and bottles and stuff, but all of a sudden it becomes relevant. I mean, uh, all of my travails and now Dozer's got cancer and, and it's, it, it's getting real now where, and, and that that was an interesting thing too um when he found out that that he was having cancer the next day he calls me and says i want my letter back i need to rewrite it <laughs> i thought oh man that's you know you're really thinking about this and yeah. and it's um it 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 was kind of a frivolity at the time that I thought it and proposed it and did it and all of those things. And it's obtained so much more meaning now than, than I realized, well, it's like everything you do. You have no idea the ripples and the effects that they're going to have throughout your life with, with people that you know, and it's, um, it's truly uh, uh, amazing. And that goes back to your point about the experiences. That is all you've got. Whatever mental picture exists in the minds of your family and friends, that's what you really are. It's nothing, you're nothing else, really, other than, than that. 
and you hope that it's a good um, impression. And um, if you're a person like I am, it's sometimes you you have to every now and then stop yourself and go, man, what uh, what what are you trying to do? Why would you say something that's you know? Because I, I I say a lot of outrageous things, and some of them aren't always well received. And is that what you you want to have in the minds of all of these people? Well, I I haven't answered that question yet. By the way, um, and the the other realization is the continuation. And why it's more interesting now of asking the question is, and it's the same reaction that you gave me when I asked you, after I bring it up to you, if I wait a few years and ask it again, it's a much more interesting answer because there's no one that I have talked to more than once that, that they, they, they always, they say the same thing. I've been thinking about that. Yeah, you were talking about, and and it's uh, it's a good thing because um, I I think it encourages a dialogue at a level, and I've kind of modified the what's the point direction to be what can you tell me about you that would help me know you better give me a a a viewpoint of your soul kind of a thing and i was extremely fortunate that i had a nephew of mine that um that had thought about this obviously a lot and asked he called he's in college right He's, he's not an old man or anything like that and he's smart and uh Oh, and he did go to Ohio State, so you got that <laughs> on for him. Yeah, and tell that kid of yours, Michigan, come on, really? It sucks. He's not going to go there to school or anything. No, he's at uh, Marquette right now. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. A real school instead of whatever the hell they're doing up there. <laughs> and in a, in a quick side note, I have a niece that went to Michigan. She just graduated last year. We couldn't believe it. The whole family is... Well, we renamed her, luckily. She's a Styles now. <laughs> so it's enough of that. Um, what was I talking about? Your nephew in college who's in oh, Lightning. He called up and said, you know, I don't like the direction of my life. I want to come out and talk to you. Wow. Cool. Okay. Outstanding. And he's the, is a person that it, when his, uh, I'm talking to my sister about him, his mother. And she said, you know, he's not, he's not like um, uh, a regular 18, 20 year old kid. When he's talking to you, he's talking from his soul. He's not just, uh, you know, going about how's the weather today kind of stuff. So being able to, to do that and experience some time with him, man, he's, he's so far ahead of where I was thinking about those things at 20 years old. And I thought, you know, you have a, what a wonderful opportunity you have here. However, there are also some rabbit holes that you gotta be careful that you don't fall into. Because once you obtain some form of consciousness mm-hmm. where you, you understand what's going on, you can also see that there are, there are different abysses that are potentially out there drug abuse, suicide. I mean, there's a whole series of complicated mind traps that be aware of because once you're plugged in, you're plugged into all of it, the good stuff and the bad stuff. And it's a man, you have to have to manage those thoughts. I call those the the late night thoughts where you're, you can't quite go to sleep. You're something's rolling over in your head and you know, you just can't get it out. It's those kind of things, and it's those kind of moments that you want to have under control. Uh, that because um, if you don't, that's that's when you end up at the you know at the edge of the building, going all right. That's enough of this crap. Right. You don't want to. You don't want to be there. But I think well, certainly I I have high hopes for him. I think he's a an amazing kid at, at a minimum, but. 
back to to the direction of uh, what what can what can you tell me about you to know you better? Um, that question has turned into uh, I, I think a better question because um, people don't normally think about metaphysics. It's just not something that that and and the the bad news about it. It's the same thing with death. For some reason, we just don't talk about it ever. And there's so many times when, it, particularly with somebody that that you don't know well, if you bring it up, oh my God, it's you know, why are you talking about this? I don't know. I'm curious about it. Right. What, what do you think? And <clears throat> the assisted suicide, the situation that you described is 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 a perfect metaphor for for how poorly we handle it. We have such compassion and love for a dog that you won't do that for your mom. I mean, man, really? And and it's it's the same version. Somebody's telling me what I ought to do. We don't think that that's what God would want. So what? That's not what I think. I mean, I I think I've been sitting here suffering for twenty years now. I want to end it. I'm in pain every moment of my life. Really? You won't do you won't do me the simple favor you did for your dog? Man. And imagine that scene, right? You're lying there in pain and your family's rubbing your arm and saying, Good boy. You've been a good man. You've lived a good life. Is there any more peaceful way to go? No. I no, I I'm with you. I think you're you're exactly right. That that's almost the definition of compassion. To wow, I mean, it, yeah. I, I don't know why we're so cruel. At, at the end of the day, um, it's unfortunate. I um, I recently my grandfather wrote an auto his autobiography. Oh, cool. His name was Ralph, um, and he was the third generation of Bloom to end up here and they were a bunch of uh essentially farmers and stable hands in outside of berlin that left there because um uh, the bride was a lutheran and the groom was a catholic and back in the old days that was was a you, you don't marry right you couldn't allow it i don't know if it was illegal or whatever so they ended up in Indiana homesteading is that's how that side of the family got there. But he was an old school German guy that had an extremely rigid religious code of conduct. And he was an honorable man um, beyond. I mean, he's you know, I'm, I'm reading through the things that he did and what he ended up doing. And he, he had a whole series of health difficulties and things that were happening. Um, and my contact with him was very limited, really. Um, and he was the, the the shock about him was he was the only grandfather that actually uh, spanked me once. And I thought, whoa, you're I think you're kind of out of line here, Ralph. <laughs> I mean, the way this is supposed to work is you beat Lloyd, Lloyd beats me. See how it goes? <laughs> I mean, you, you're stepping out of line and because it's Lloyd's job to beat me. So does that mean I can beat you too? I mean, does this go two ways? I, I was shocked. You're supposed to give me presents and tell me I'm going to be a genius and shit like that. Isn't that right. what a parent does? Well, that's what I'm doing now. I'm a grandparent, so that's what I do. And what I always tell the grandkids is, you're with me now. We can do anything. So we're all set. But, um, oh, yeah. I, well, I don't know. You're not going to beat them, though. No. Oh, no. I wouldn't. No. I'm going to, I'm giving them the keys to the car and a bottle of tequila and saying, good luck, man. <laughs> oh, and I got to teach them how to gamble, too. So, so when you ask the people, you know, tell me something about yourself that I wouldn't otherwise know to help explain who you are, do you feel that people are genuine with their responses or do you feel like some people are kind of, making up the story to fit the narrative that they would rather be a little bit of both i mean isn't that what everybody does i mean i think of your clients right how many times have you put a client on the witness stand that's ever said anything bad about himself right 
oh no that's not what happened uh, right. no it's it's really their fault or whatever i mean there and which that um that begs the question then is is what kind of reality do you live in because there's some people that live in their own version of things that they have to and i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because that was did i tell you a story about my mother where yes yeah right where she's Epi episode 53 i highly encourage you to listen to that one folks right because she was she decided here's the way i look at the world right and i don't want you to come in and bring reality with you right. or any of this kind of stuff because my world is just wonderful so why, i why ruin a good story with facts right completely and she was extremely happy with that and I, i've got a new thought for her in the letter i'm not going to tell you now i want you to read the letter um this year which oh i, I also read this article about christmas letters and i don't know if you knew this but christmas letters are a very recent phenomenon that oh, they really? one of the first ones that was written i think was um was like in the 40s so they didn't even exist prior to that and the idea came i think from um just there was an article that was written about a woman that did this somewhere in new england and so other people started picking it up and then it turned into the thing that it is and it's now and it's going to die uh, which is an interesting thing about that because nobody writes letters anymore right. i mean how as an example how many christmas letters do you actually get you know, I look forward to yours because of the scarcity of them. You know, some years it's it's that's the only one. Some years there's maybe two or three tops. But then you get the pictures of everyone's family and, you know, the staged realities of, of their family and all that. Well, they all wear the same sweater and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And the and the Christmas letter isn't really a letter. It's a, a list of accomplishments. We went to Disneyland. And yeah. You know, ain't things great? Which, yeah, well, yeah, you've seen, you know, how my letters are. I, I never do that, right? But, um, it, it also becomes kind of a, um, and, and I, I think for the most part, it is, it has been well received because I have had wonderful comments about it off and on, and every now and then it'll touch a chord with somebody because I, I'm just talking about whatever's on my mind at the end of each year at the when you get get down to it but i but i think it's um my children and their children are not going to write letters i mean that's it's it's just going to go so it's going to be an interesting phenomenon that happened that i feel lucky that i got to do that because i because it's a version of tell me something about yourself so i would get to know you better Right. This, this is my version of it that I can put out there to to 100 people all of a sudden that'll that can have that thought, even if it's just for that moment, that it is a piece of um, my life. And that the, the story about the Rubicon Trail with my kids. Wow. What a, um, if, if I hadn't had the opportunity to write that and to send it out to to the people i care about you would never know that and that's a that's a little piece of of me that i'm that i i want to be out there and i feel like that extends um uh, my footprint because it's the footprint that is you it's not the foot right. and it um I've been lucky with that. And it's, 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 it's kind of a, it's sad that it's happening, but it, it's just the way it is. Things evolve, things go and what's important to you and, and the library sign that you had, your kids don't care about. That's, that's all part of the process. It, it, and, and it, I like that end of it. Is there anything good in what we just did? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. I think so. I think what, you know, what I appreciate you coming back and doing is is closing the loop on you and the spirits up at Whistler Mountain, which I was very much looking forward to hearing about and and very grateful to see that you have lived through it and that this all wasn't a simple dream. 
Um, yes. But I appreciate you coming back on and, and sharing your experiences and what is it all about? Because I think it's important. I think it's important for people to reflect on that very topic. And I hope this allowed some people to do that in a, in a, in a meaningful way. So thank you. It's always great. You're, um, you're one of the good guys. Uh, congratulations, man. Not everybody makes it to that level. And it is, I'm lucky to know you Mark. Thank you. Likewise, my friend. Be well. You too. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice for a new episode each week and share this with everyone and anyone. If you have any questions or comments or have an idea for another guest, feel free to shoot me an email at mstyles at styles-law.com. That's M-S-T-I-L-E-S at styles-law.com. And if you are a real estate professional, be sure to check us out on our private exclusive Facebook page, The Real Estate School at 892 for content and Massachusetts continuing education opportunities. Be well, folks. Today's episode is sponsored by Secure Title. Secure Title helps Massachusetts real estate attorneys, real estate agents, loan professionals, buyers, and sellers with all of their title, settlement, and escrow needs. Secure Title, S E C U R I T I T L E.com, where security and title come together. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Please seek legal, financial, or tax advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed herein.